I recently had the opportunity to celebrate a Mass down at Old St. Patrick's Church in Chicago. If you've ever been there, you know that when you walk in, you are overwhelmed with Irishness, for lack of a better word. Their patron is St. Patrick, but all the motifs everywhere in that church just loaded with symbols of Ireland and Irish Catholicism. So I don't know if it was that experience or that Father John Trout is starting to rub off on me, but Irish spirituality has just been on my mind a lot. It's not the heritage that I grew up with. But one of the things that characterizes that is they talk about thin places, and maybe you know that expression. It goes back long before Christianity, but as is often the case, the Christians sort of took it over and adopted it. And much like it sounds, it's just saying there are certain places, sometimes literally sacred places or times, where that boundary between the natural and the supernatural is thin, almost as if you can see through it, you can reach across it, the thin places. I'm mentioning this because what the church gives us today in that first reading, beautifully proclaimed, and the gospel, equally well read, as all the readings here at St. Joe's, but if you lay those two side by side, you see for me what this concept of the thin places is. And what I mean is this. Yes, they're both talking about resurrection, and I suspect that's why the church paired them together for us. But as I often say to my students, scripture isn't just about the what, it's about the how. And don't get so, so caught up in the what of the message that you lose sight of how it is delivered and how that topic arises. Because there's a world of difference between how resurrection appears in the gospel and how it appears in that first reading. In the gospel, it's almost as if it's a kind of intellectual discourse. Sadducees are questioning Jesus. You know, if there is a resurrection, then da-da-da-da, this doesn't quite seem to make sense. What do you make of this? But in that first reading, this question of resurrection is as visceral as it gets. You have a mother and her sons, and they're literally being killed in front of her. And when they talk about resurrection, it's a thin place. When they talk about resurrection, this isn't just some intellectual exercise, no matter how profound that might be. This is real. And either that thin place can be breached or it can't. Either it really is a thin wall, a veneer between this world and where we're headed, or it's a brick wall and it's just a lie and a fairy tale. And make the best of it while you're here because that's it. The thin places I'd like to suggest are where we really learn about our faith and where we really absorb it and where we really take on what we say is true for us. And we've all got them. For most of us in this room, thank God, we're not dealing with loved ones being tortured for their faith, but we all have thin places. I don't care where you're at in your life right now. Those moments in your life where for you, either our faith is real or it's not, and if it's real, then it can be an incredible source of comfort or inspiration or inner peace, even though externally things don't change, even though externally things are hard. There's illness, there's suffering, we struggle in our jobs, relationships can crumble. It's at those moments when the thin places can appear 
if we're simply willing to reach across them or ask others to reach across to us, primarily God. And how do we access it? We access it the same way that mother in the first reading accessed it, not only for herself, but for her children. She said, look, if our faith means anything, I'm sure they talked about it, I'm sure they prayed over it, they did it when they were little guys, they did it in good times, they did it when their lives were very different from that moment of crisis that we see them at today. And it was there, and it was steeped in their bones, and they grew up with it. But at the moment when it really mattered, it wasn't just some lesson to remember. That boundary became very thin, and as she could speak to them about it in that moment, it's as if even as they were taking their last breath, she was escorting them across a threshold that she knew herself she could cross. And so as I say, for most of us, it's not that dramatic a situation, but it's no less real. And I think a mistake we often make is that it's precisely at those crisis moments of our lives that we fail to recognize the thin place, which is often right there at our grasp. And we ought to do exactly what that mother did with her sons, to talk about it, to bring it up. If we don't do it just for ourselves, to do it for someone else, to help them recognize there's a thin place in their midst. We talk so much today about evangelization, The bishops are meeting this week, and one of the big topics on their agenda is the nuns, the N-O-N-E-S, right? The people, when you ask, hey, what's your religion? They say, I have none. Okay, fine. They think they have none, but what they definitely have are things that they struggle with, things that they worry about, things that without their even knowing that take them up to the curtain of the thin place. And that's the time for us, for we who are here, for we who know all the right language, for we who in our own ways know how to cross the boundary of those thin places. Those are the times for us to take on the role of that mother. And it may not be come to mass with me if they're ready for that, fine, but lots of times they're not. But it's simply to be the ones who pull back that curtain and to simply share the fact that there is a source of comfort, there is a source of a deeper truth that they may not be aware of. And when the moment comes that's right to help them see, it isn't just us for all our good intentions, and as beautiful as that is that we share with one another in the human condition, but to really say there is something deeper here. We don't just live on our side of the curtain. And you'd be amazed sometimes how if you reach out to someone at that moment in their lives, at that moment where they wonder, how is this all going to sort out? Could there possibly be a reason for hope? Could there possibly be a reason to take another step into this situation, whatever it is? And even if, as I say, the external circumstances don't change, the beauty of the thin place is that it's not defined by how nicely things turn out on our side. Hollywood can't grasp this concept, but it's a very beautiful one and it's very profound. So maybe just as a little spiritual exercise, whether Irish spirituality is something that speaks to your heart or not, name that thin place that you're in the presence of today, because we've all got them. And even better, perhaps, help someone you know and love name that place for themselves. And whether it's through prayer, whether it's through conversation, but mostly let it be through love. Help them peer through that thin veneer and help them recognize 
that the deepest longing of their heart is not something that is forever outside of their reach. We rarely cross that threshold alone, and we're certainly not meant to cross it alone. And that mother from two millennia ago has a lesson for each one of us today. The place is here, and the boundary is thin. <laughs>